Hey everyone, in today's show, I'm going to discuss how to hire a private investigator to handle an investigation into allegations of harassment, discrimination, or other types of employee misconduct, and why it's a good idea to help organizations to minimize risk. Welcome to the HR Investigations Podcast, exploring the issues, challenges, strategies, and solutions. Sponsored by RPCHR and hosted by Natalie Ivey, an HR consultant, licensed PI, and author of the best-selling book, How to Conduct Internal Investigations, a Practical Guide for Human Resource Professionals. And now, here's Natalie. Hey, everyone, and welcome to today's show. The topic today is how to hire a private investigator and why it's beneficial for organizations to have an external PI work a case. Now let's get started on the situations that necessitate hiring someone externally. In my experience, and for those of you in my listening audience, you know I've been a private investigator for quite some time, and uh, I'm licensed here in the state of Florida, my uh, my home state, I'm in the central Florida area. So with that said, when we work with organizations, usually it's a few of the following. One, the organization lacks the internal resources to handle the case. It may not necessarily be that um, they don't have individuals that are competent to do it. It may be they are just overwhelmed, and that is happening a lot more today. I have an upcoming episode, uh, which I'm going to be talking about investigator burnout. The other part of that is also the lack of resources and the lack of capability, Uh, especially some of the smaller to medium-sized organizations. I find that there are a lot of HR professionals that have never really had any exposure to investigations training. So when they're tasked with handling uh, maybe a very tricky uh, harassment investigation or like national origin discrimination or disability uh, discrimination, they are really woefully unprepared. So uh, when legal recognizes that there is that deficit of skill set, then they want to reach outside. Other times, uh, what happens is that legal counsel will identify that there might be mm, potential for bias. So bias is when the HR business partner or manager, whoever is tasked with leading the investigation, has had too much ongoing interaction with the parties involved. And in some cases, there may have even been some negative interaction. Uh, in my experience, uh, what happens is that an HR business partner may have in the you know, maybe recent past had to sit on a disciplinary action with an employee and along with their manager. And now that employee may fear that, well, HR is out to get me. Well, even if that is not the case, you know, from where the subject is sitting, that's what it looks like. Legal may really say, "Mm, I think we really need to go outside this time. We need to work with somebody that has um, kind of clean hands, if you will. We have nothing to do with uh, any of the uh, inner workings of the business, uh, the politics, nothing. So working with an external PI allows um, an, an honest broker, if you will, to come in and assess the situation and figure out what's going on, uh, conduct the investigation, and then turn the report over. And that leadership makes the decision on uh, exactly what the organization's response needs to be based on the outcome. That's a little bit cleaner process than if you allow someone who's an HR generalist or business partner uh, to handle the case. And then later on, you might have some real legal challenges because of the level of bias with the investigators. And then lastly, senior level executives. Generally, it's not a good best practice for someone who is at perhaps an HR manager level investigating someone who is at the VP level or possibly even a C-suite level. Well, why? Again, it goes back to a bit of the perception from others looking from the outside in on the investigation. 
Imagine a complainant who is uh, perhaps a junior level employee, maybe at uh, an entry level position or uh, someone who might be working in an admin assistant type of level, raises the complaint to HR of something uh, maybe serious like harassment. And then the person who is really handling the investigation is on the same level or maybe only a level or two above the person who's the complainant, but there's significant difference in org chart level with the subject. So if you have an HR manager investigating someone who's maybe three or four levels up the org chart, that generally is going to be fraught with some challenge. Um, and the reason is that uh, even if you have a very good investigator, HR business partner or an HR manager, the perception may be from where the complainant is sitting is, wow, are you really going to break a sweat to really press Vice President so-and-so, I think not. You know, you might be worried a little bit too much of uh, kind of the political fallout. And so that's why a lot of times legal says, you know, maybe we ought to go outside the organization and bring somebody else in who's external. Right. So usually it's one or the other or a combination of all of the above I just mentioned with why an external PI is, is beneficial. Now let's talk about what you should look for when hiring an external PI. For starters, you don't want to work with a PI agency that focuses on things like missing persons or domestic situations, such as uh, spousal infidelity cases or things like that. Uh, look, those are PIs that are working on very, very different situations. And you know, when, when we're talking about HR and employee relations cases, this is dealing with employee misconduct. And what we're trying to ascertain is whether or not an employee has violated an organization's policies and then to determine uh, what should be the outcome uh, so the organization takes an appropriate response. That's very different than you know the typical cheating spouse type of case. So choose wisely there. You want to work with a PI agency that has the expertise to really handle these types of corporate cases. So working with agencies that do things like um, employee misconduct cases, as I mentioned, uh, workers' comp fraud cases, family and medical leave abuse, uh, those those are the types of agencies you're wanting to look for. And also, you've got to make sure that you're working with an agency that is properly licensed. So every state typically is going to have a lookup function where you can verify the licensing of the PIs themselves as well as the licensing of the agency. To find a PI, well, one of the first places to start, you can certainly start with me. You can reach out to me. My email is natalie at rpchr.com. And if I'm not able to help you or one of the members of my team, we can certainly find you somebody that can help you. We have a pretty strong referral network of other investigators who do the similar work like we do uh, across the United States uh, and even uh, in the UK. So those of you that might need someone in the UK, I have a very good investigator based in London that I could refer to you uh, as well. What else should you look for when selecting a PI? As I mentioned to you, the licensing. So let's talk about why that's really important. Well, certainly um, it's important because you need to understand the rules in the state in which you might be conducting surveillance, as an example. Um, different states are going to have different laws uh, regarding that, and private investigators are bound by uh, certain state statutes. The other reason is that, contrary to what a lot of professionals uh, may think, PIs are not licensed. Once you become a PI, you are not licensed to operate all across the United States. Doesn't work that way. In my home state of Florida, as an example, of course, I can work anywhere I want in the state of Florida, wherever my investigative work may take me, not a problem. However, if I have to go out of state, and that does happen sometimes, um, you know, these days organizations tend to have multiple locations, and a case might involve employees in multiple locations. 
Well, if uh, I'm tasked to handle a case, I can go to California, Georgia, Louisiana, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, and Virginia. So what happens if um, the case is in Kansas? Well, if it would require me to conduct uh, an investigation on site in Kansas, then no, I would need to work with another investigator that is licensed. Now, I may be able to uh, work in tandem with them, and uh, that does happen, uh, especially if it might be involving surveillance and so on, then we would work with another PI that is licensed there. However, in the current environment, the majority of our investigations really never require leaving our home state. Uh, and that's the case with a lot of other investigators that work in the same space. And the reason is because of the development of the technology with uh, Zoom and Teams and GoTo, WebEx, uh, we can really accomplish a lot without ever having to really set foot out of my office. And so if the case is just 100% virtual, uh, I mean, we just handled a case that was an international case uh, that took place in a foreign country, but we never had to leave the state of Florida to do it. So certainly um, if a PI can handle uh, the case virtually, then it really becomes immaterial uh, regarding the licensing. So under certain circumstances, uh, let me just put a caveat there. There may be certain situations uh, where we might need to have an extra look at that um, if it is uh, involving some form of evidence collection in another state in which we're not licensed. So we just need to be cautious around that. So a little caveat there. Now, generally, what does it cost to hire an external PI? I had that come in as a, a question from one of our podcast listeners. I like to give the attorney type of answer here is it depends. <laughs> if you've ever talked with attorneys and asked them a question, you always know they say it depends. Well, it really does because it's the type of case. Uh, it's kind of like saying, well, how much does a wedding cost? It depends. It depends on how many people you're going to have. It depends on where it is. <laughs> you see, depends on you know what kind of photographs you want, You know what kind of video you want, you see? So it really does depend. If the private investigation is you know, going to involve something that is um, not going to be like the spousal infidelity or, or, or missing persons cases or things like that, all right, those PIs are going to charge anywhere from as little as maybe $80 an hour to as much as on the high end, $200 an hour. Now, if you're talking corporate work like I've just defined, looking into employee relations issues, sexual harassment, um, disability discrimination, workers' comp fraud, conflict of interest cases, just had one of those very recently that we worked. All right, um, now we charge 275 an hour, we prorate to the quarter of an hour, and generally that is two investigators from RPC that works in the case. And so that also allows us with two investigators uh, to be able to move through the case a little more swiftly. So that's the one thing you need to think about is you might pay less for someone else, but if they're working as a solo investigator, your billable hours may be more. You know, with us, we charge two seventy-five an hour with two investigators, and generally, you know, we're able to move through the case. And that's usually what legal's looking for: is let's try to get this done as quickly as we possibly can. So there's a benefit to us um, working in tandem with two investigators. Now, for specialized types of expertise and cases, um, where you might have to bring in um, external investigators who are also legal counsel. Now, that's where things start really getting expensive. Um, the billable rate for attorneys who are performing investigative work is generally going to be between $350 to $550 an hour. I, I will tell you there are some in the major metropolitan areas that are billing between $650 to $675 an hour. So that gives you kind of a, a rough average. Well, what else do you need to know about hiring an external PI? Well, 
The other thing to consider is the average length of time it's going to take to work a particular type of case. Well, let's talk about your average sexual harassment case, maybe bullying or uh, discrimination type of case. Well, we recently worked on a case that was sexual harassment and bullying combined, and that case was 33 billable hours. That was from the initial client consultation to the submission of our report and the discussion of the findings uh, with the vice president of HR and uh, their legal counsel. Now, some cases, the time it may take, maybe 15 to 20 hours, uh, that's on the low end. Uh, but then if it is going to require us to travel to multiple sites, that might be a 60 plus hour type of case. Um, it may require investigators have to travel to uh, different locations. We may have to get on an airplane. Um, and so when you really look at kind of a, a rough, rough average here, you're probably looking at if you were kind of putting together a budget, then you would look at a factor of about 275 an hour between 30 and 40 hours. All right. So that kind of gives you just sort of a, a range. All right. So I've given you some tips on why investigators from the outside are helpful to you. Definitely minimizing the bias and the outside PIs are going to come in with a great deal of expertise and experience. And particularly when it comes to gathering evidence, testimonial evidence, helping uh, you to gather physical evidence uh, that can support um, you know, either the complainant's allegations or it may um, be evidence that refutes the complainant's allegations. Um, but certainly um, the higher level of expertise is what you're going to get from the outside. Um, and then also we talked about what it costs. And one of the things you've got to be thinking about is if you are going to work with an external PI, um, you've got to make sure that uh, all the leaders around the table give the vertical head nod that we know that this is what the expenditure is going to be. You don't want to get into it and <laughs> suddenly the leaders expect, well, it's been five hours. Well, why aren't they done yet? <laughs> okay. Investigative work is very painstaking work, and uh, this is not something that's going to be over and done with in just you know four or five hours. It takes time. It's not just the investigative interviewing that takes time. There's preparation before an interview. There's uh, the time that you take interviewing a particular witness. There's the documentation and uh, the synthesizing of the information after you've met with someone. Uh, then there's the uploading of case notes. There's conversations with legal. There are briefing meetings with you know the client who hired you. There's a lot that goes into it. And then, of course, uh, preparing the documentation in a formal investigation report, uh, then discussing findings. And then in some cases down the road, it might even be you know, having to be deposed uh, if there was uh, any sort of litigation. So there's um, also uh, downstream what could be uh, billable hours as well. But at the end of the day, when you're working in an HR role, an ER role, or even those of you who might be listening who are uh, general counsel, when you're working with an external PI, uh, what you're getting is that expertise. Um, and often, um, you know, being able to inject that kind of expertise can really help you. It will definitely pay for itself, the investment of working with an external PI, because you've done uh, a very thorough job of it. You've minimized the bias issue, and um, it shows the organization's very solid response to the complainant's allegations. And then you're working with an uh, investigation report with findings. Uh, that were were compiled by someone that is also not part of the internal org chart and uh, sometimes the uh, the political alliances that can sometimes exist. So that gives um, you know very neutral, disinterested third parties perspective on the issue. Um, and then when those findings are presented and then the organization makes those decisions, generally they're going to be a lot less risky types of decisions. All right, so that's it for today's show. 
I look forward to having you back at another one of our HR Investigations podcast. See ya. Thanks for joining us today on the HR Investigations podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, and share the show with any colleagues who will benefit from our strategies and solutions. For free bonus resources, simply visit hr-investigations.com. And remember, if you'd like some help with improving your investigative skills, or if your organization is in need of an external investigator to help with the case, please get in touch with us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.